What's going on, everybody? It's Pastor Justin. You're checking out the 242 Young Adults Podcast, and I'm so excited that you are. We're continuing the series on fasting, living a lifestyle of pursuit, and we're finishing up our first session on true fasting, learning from history. Uh, In our previous two sessions, we've been looking at a situation that took place in the Old Testament in Isaiah 58 with Israel as they were fasting before God. We're talking about three areas that can help us in having powerful fasting in our lives. The first area we talked about was sincerely pursuing God. Last session we talked about living a godly life. And we're going to conclude today with discussing how being motivated by love will bring powerful fasting in our lives. And so we're going to continue in Isaiah 58, reading from verse 6 to 9. If you want to turn your Bibles there, it says, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then... Your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here I am. If there's one thing that I want you guys to recognize, is that God desires the bound to be set free. We understand through our first couple sessions that at this time, Israel was fasting before God, but their heart was not in the right place. What we haven't talked about was that during this time, in verse 3, it talks about how they were exploiting their workers. And it was a serious exploitation. They were oppressing their workers. They were, in essence, putting on them a burden that they shouldn't have been carrying. And God desires for the bound to be free. Maybe you're listening and you don't have a relationship with Christ and you're struggling with a lot of different things in your life right now uh, where it just feels like you're burdened with so much stuff that you feel like you can't handle it anymore. Maybe you're a Christian and, and there's things in your life that are, are, are burdening you. Be relieved right now because God desires for all of those things to be set free. He, he desires freedom in your life. And so in verse 6, we see three things here in, in regards to just freedom that we can experience through fasting. When God says, this is the fast that I desire, he talks about how true fasting breaks the chains of wickedness. And we can... Fast and pray. Remember, when we seek God while fasting, we can see the chains of wickedness be broken in our lives or or in people around us, in in lives of our family, maybe our brother or sister, if you have a father or a mother or friends, any type of family or, or co-workers, anybody that you know. You can fast on their behalf for the chains of wickedness to be broken in their lives. If there is a person who you feel will never surrender, 
that they're an impossible case, can I tell you, begin fasting on behalf of that person. Begin seeking God for the manifestation of His Spirit in their lives. And you will see the chains of wickedness broken. Why? This is a scriptural promise. This is something that we can cling to as a believer in Christ, that God desires to see the chains of injustice, the chains of wickedness in your life and in the lives of people you know broken. And that is something that you can approach God through fasting for. Also in verse 6, it says that true fasting lifts heavy burdens. And as we seek God and, and fast before Him, we can fast and pray for burdens to be lifted. There's always things that we can experience in our own life. There's those things that can weigh heavy on us at times, whether it be financial, whether it be regarding situations in our families. And God is saying that there is a lifting of burdens when you pursue God's presence and fast and practice the spiritual discipline of fasting. Those burdens in, in your own life, those burdens in the lives of your families can be lifted. And then lastly, true fasting brings freedom. When we fast and pray before God, we can see freedom from sin. We can see freedom from unforgiveness, freedom from selfishness. I think the irony uh, of verse 6, obviously, is that Israel was the one doing the oppressing. They were the one, in essence, binding the people that were working for them. Imagine this. They're crying out for God to see His moving in their life. And God's saying, you know, during a true fast, I desire freedom to take place. And right now, you are the one who are taking people captive. You are the one who are oppressing people. You are the one opposing the very work that I desire to be done during a fast. And so you can imagine the frustration of God. And I think it's pretty clearly seen when you look at verse 1 of Isaiah 58. The fact that God declares to Isaiah to shout it out loud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their rebellion. I think God recognized and was frustrated with the people of Israel because they kept seeking God through fasting and God desired to bring freedom in people's life through fasting, but they were the ones oppressing people. So many times in our lives, we're seeking God for something to take place in our lives, but we're not walking according to His will. You have people who are seeking after God's presence, but they're living with their girlfriend. They're living with their boyfriend, and they're having sex out of marriage, out of wedlock. And they're saying, God, why, why aren't we seeing your hand move through in our life? You know, we're seeking after you. Heck, there may be even people who are fasting for the presence of God in their life, but they have sin issues in their life that they're completely looking over. And in essence, that's what Israel was doing. They had issues of sin in regards to how they were treating other people, and they're seeking God for His presence in their life. And God's saying, look, I desire for freedom to take place through fasting. And you're doing the complete opposite. And so we need to recognize that our own lives need to align with the Word of God. I don't want to come across in a way that 
is is condescending at all. And I want to see you moving and living a life full of the Spirit. I want to see you guys living righteously before God. I want to see you grow because I love each and every single one of you guys. I care for you guys and I want to see the best for you uh, in your life. So we have to recognize that if there's something in our life towards others or towards God, that our fasting is hindered by that. And remember, God desires freedom in your life. So if you're pursuing a relationship with Him, if you are seeking after Him with all your heart and you're saying, yeah, Justin, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I am. I'm seeking God with my whole heart, and I'm living sincerely for Him. My heart is for Him. I just love God so much, and I'm, I'm doing everything I can to live righteously before Him because I, I love Him that much, and I want to see my life please Him. Then keep pushing forward because Freedom is coming in the name of Jesus. I claim it right now over your life. I claim it right now over your family, over your friends. I declare freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from oppression, freedom from addiction, freedom from wickedness, freedom from lies from the enemy. I claim freedom over situations in your family's life right now in Jesus' name because you are seeking after him. You are living a life pursuing after God, and He sees your heart. And I believe that God desires to bring freedom in your situation. So I pray right now, God, bless them. Father, give them an endurance. Give them a desire to seek your face more than anything else. Give them a perseverance to to press in until they see your hand move in a situation. And I pray that they would seek your will above all else, Lord God. In Jesus' name. The second thing I got from this passage in verses 6 to 9 is that God desires to see needs provided for. That as we fast, we should be openly looking to be used by God in the area of meeting needs in people's lives. In verse 7, it explains that true fasting is empowered by righteous living. As we live righteous lives, we add power to our fasting and our prayer lives. This prophecy talks about providing food for the hungry, shelter for the poor, clothes for the naked. That's the heart of God. God commands us to refrain from sinning against others, but also to take it one step further to walk in love towards others, to meet the needs of others. Jesus' ministry was exactly that. How many times before preaching the gospel to somebody did Jesus go and, and heal them? Did Jesus minister to them? And I think we have to recognize that as we're sacrificially sowing to our spirit, you know, in practical terms, when a fast took place, people were supposed to give their food to the poor during that time of fasting. They were supposed to provide for the needy. If we're expecting God to pour into us, then we need to also be willing to pour out to others. If we're just expecting God to pour into us, that's a very selfish Christianity. We should be seeking to find people in which we can pour into as well. I love verse 8 because this is something that a lot of people deal with. True fasting makes an obvious difference. True fasting brings results. So many times people say, well, you know, I fasted a couple times and just nothing really happened, so I don't see any use to it. 
And when I hear that, my heart breaks because true fasting makes an obvious difference. True fasting brings results. In verse 8, it says, Then your light will shine like the dawn. There is no greater impact, no more obvious impact than the sun rising on the dark of night. And God is saying, this is how a person, when fasting correctly, impacts the people and the situations around them. This is how a person, when fasting correctly, is impacted by the Spirit of God in their life. It is so obvious. It is as obvious as the rising sun on the dark of night. Your light will break forth like the sun. True fasting brings healing. And like I mentioned before, when you're seeking after healing, take confidence in knowing that the Word of God supports you completely. God desires His people to be whole. And so when you seek after healing in your life, when you fast for people in your life, when you seek after God's hand to move in the area of healing, I firmly believe that as we're living selflessly, devoting our time, our resources for others, and being a light, and when we fast, motivated by our love, seeking to empty ourselves and be filled with the Spirit, uh, accompanied with our prayer, we are going to see healing take place in the lives of others and even in our own lives. Verse 8 continues on, and it talks about how true fasting develops righteousness. Your righteousness, it says in verse 8, will go before you. As we sow into our spirit, like we had talked about previously, we will reap spirit. And true fasting, which is just one of the spiritual disciplines, along with prayer, along with scripture reading, along with worship, and a lot of the other spiritual disciplines that come along with it, we can overcome sin and walk in righteousness on a daily basis. Why? Because we're willing to feed our spirit nature and to starve our carnal desires. Why do we sin? Why do we why do we make those mistakes because we're choosing ourselves over God. And when we choose ourselves over God, well, we're going to do what we want every single time and we have a natural inclination to sin in our carnal nature, but when we are filled with the Spirit continually, it's not just, hey, I said the salvation prayer, but when we're filled with the Spirit continually, that's when we see an incredible work take place in our lives. That's where we see victory on a daily basis in our life. Verse 8 also explains that true fasting ushers in the presence of God. When it says your righteousness goes before you, it says the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. If we desire more of God's presence, we have to seek Him. We always have as much of God as we want. And I know that's a saying that's been said quite a bit, but it's a saying that has stuck with me and still sticks with me to this day, that I have as much of God, as much of the Spirit of God, the presence of God, I have as much of God in my life as I want. And if you desire more of Him, then as you seek after Him, you're going to find Him. And I'm going to close with this. True fasting impacts the power of your prayers. 
In verse 9 it says, Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help. And He will say, Here I am. Like I said before, fasting is not twisting God's arm. Fasting allows us to align ourselves with God's will and to identify the will of God more easily. Fasting shows God our trust in Him to see Him work in our life and in the situations in our life. And fasting shows God our desire for change, whether in our spirituality, whether in our physical body, or in the lives of others. We talked about fasting in the Old Testament, and we've spent some time talking about the people of Israel and learning from history, learning from Israel, and learning from what God desires a true fast to be. He desires you to be sincerely pursuing Him. He desires for you to be living a godly life, and He desires your life to be motivated by love so that freedom takes place in people's lives and that needs are provided for. I encourage you to tune in to next week. We're going to be talking about fasting according to Jesus. We're going to be discussing a little bit more in depth, a little bit more practical. We're going to be addressing some of the issues of the modern day questions of why should we be fasting. I've heard everything that you've said in these first three parts of this first session. But I I still haven't really answered the question, why should I be fasting today? There's so many different spiritual disciplines that I could be participating in. Why fasting? Uh, So I want to take some time and address that in our next session. So thanks again for tuning in. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm hoping that these podcasts are challenging and uplifting in your walk with God. Uh, and are are pushing you towards a deeper walk with Him because that's what it's all about. Again, if you have any questions at all, give me an email, jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, uh, just mention me in a comment, at Justin Corkum. That's Justin Corkum, C-O-R-K-U-M. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Until next time, I hope you guys are filled with the presence of God and the Spirit of God rests on you so powerfully. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Bye.